Welcome to the UAC podcast. UAC was founded to create a place for the most successful chiropractors from different backgrounds and around the world who could come together to mastermind and create lifelong lasting friendships. Our profession's unique and surrounding yourself with the genius inside of UAC is a formula to grow personally and professionally into the life you've always known you're capable of achieving. I'm Dr. Alan Miner with Dr. Brian Capra, and this is the best practices section of the UAC podcast. Welcome to Chiropractic's Brain Trust. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Dr. Brian from the, with the UAC podcast. Uh, this is the best practices section of our podcast. Uh, we're adding more content, more sections to this podcast to give slightly different angles. We're trying to bring the best practices, um, bring on people who are really crushing it in practice with different perspectives on how to do that. I'm here with Dr. Alan Miner from UAC and Jenny Brooke is our guest today. Dr. Alan? Yeah, I, uh, I've i known Dr. Jenny. How long have you been a member of UAC for now, Jen? Uh, I think about seven years. Seven years. Um, as many of you know, UAC is a group of, of chiropractors from different corners of the profession. Uh, the, what we have in common is a love for chiropractic. Uh, there's a lot of people like Brian who uh, have service businesses that serve chiropractors, different EHR coach uh, companies, coaching companies, marketing businesses. There's also an awful lot of chiropractors in the group um, who've built a successful practice and now they're evolving themselves, their businesses beyond that. And uh, last year, UAC chiropractors did $250 million of services for the chiropractic uh, profession and gross revenue. And um, Dr. Jenny has been one of my favorite inspirations and mentors and chiropractors. I first met her many years ago when we were in a CJ Mertz coaching program. And I had this crazy uh, goal to see a thousand people a week. And uh, Jenny was the first person I knew that I watched scale her practice from 500 to a thousand people a week. And you were at a seminar in Phoenix, Jen, talking about the experience. And it was it was so motivating and catalyzing, and I learned so much over the years. You, you, you have brought the culture of a family practice and shared that so openly over the last decade and a half. I've known you, and I've learned so much, so I'm so happy to hear what you have to share for best practices today. I'll also say what I've loved about you as I've watched you evolve, because I think, like me, we reached these thousand-a-week practices, and when we got there, they weren't really all we thought they should be. And and we worked a lot and we took care of a lot of people, but they weren't real profitable. We're given a lot of care away. And I've watched you now revamp yourself where you took your practice all the way down to, I don't know what the number is, but quite a bit less than a thousand, actually making quite a bit more money. And now I've watched you scale it back up with multiple doctors and systems and truly a world-class business that anybody would be uh, absolutely proud to, to own. So with that intro, um, <laughs> Share best practice with us. Tell what you, what do you, what do you have to bring? All right. First of all, have I really known you for a decade and a half? That's incredible. Has to be. If you've been UAC yeah. seven years, I was in yeah. it for three before you joined. And I probably knew you for five, mm-hmm. eight years before that. So. I think, I think we hit a thousand a week in like 2009. So that's 13 yeah. years. So mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, so here's the thing. I, I want to talk about how I, I feel like I've really managed to, keep the main thing, the main thing. 
Mm-hmm. Which, when you're new in practice, when you're, you know, trying to reach 100 visits a week and see families and figure it out in your processes and your procedures, it's, it's relatively easy to keep the principle in the forefront, the principle of innate healing, the principle of subluxation, it's, it's easy. But then as you grow and as you have an entrepreneur's mindset and you want to bring in multiple doctors, you have more team, you want to bring in other types of work, maybe massage therapy, you want to do, you want to do more in your practice, you want to build more of an empire. It really becomes an interesting balance between you use the word slick, like this business person that's really slick or, you know, the small town practice with, you know, that's small and you know all your patients well. It's an interesting balance to be able to grow, but still maintain a culture, still maintain a level of principle in your practice and a a level of connection. Um, And I, I really feel like that's something special that I've been able to do. And it's been interesting thinking about, you know, what, what has made it this way and, and what does it feel like? And, you know, we've talked about, do you remember back in our WOP days, we, we learned about love mark versus. Oh, yeah. that's, one of our core, that's one of our core values in our offices to this day. It's love mark. Yeah. yeah. So the whole idea is it's high love, high respect is, is love mark because. It, let so me easy. say this. Most people go for branding, which yes. is high respect. Love. But not high love, like, you know, you pick up, not that any of us drink sodas probably regularly, but you might pick up Coke over Sam's Choice or Clorox over a Walmart bleach. It's the same product. I think everybody knows that. But you respect the brand, so you're willing to pay a little more, which is, but it's different than actually not only respecting it, but having high love for it, where you will travel past 10 other chiropractors and pay a premium and your favorite restaurant can screw up one visit and you're still going back because they've reached love mark status. And I think the other thing that happens in practices is they can become high fad. There's a hype. Maybe they're great adjusters. They can get people out of pain. They have a really big front door. Lots of new patients coming in. They're great at marketing. But yet because that level of education and respect isn't there, they don't have retention. So one thing that's been interesting in our practice is we're not a high high new patient practice. You know, I average maybe 10 new patients a week at this point in practice. Um, my only marketing on a consistent basis is Google ads. Like we, we really don't do a lot and we can easily have eight to 10 new patients a week. Um, How many docs do you have now, Jen? Three. Three, you and three or three? Including? Me and, and two others. Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah into others there was a plan to bring on a fourth and it didn't work out and we actually decided to keep it where it is for right now and it's been good um well and just to give you an idea of my practice i have there's three doctors there's three staff there's three massage therapists there's naturopath and a holistic nutritionist we have 4,800 square feet, so an open adjusting with five tables. We have, we call the Vitality Studio. It's a quiet space that has three massage rooms, the naturopath's room. Um, we have a kid's adjusting room slash playroom, um, two exam rooms, obviously digital x-ray. We have a red light therapy room, and then we have a speaking space. And I have a private office. We have a doctor's lounge. We have a break room. So it's, you know, we have, we have and, all And you're that. in New Hampshire. We're in Southern New Hampshire. Yes. Cool. Um, so, so, so bring it bring it back around. Yeah, sorry. But practice, I think yeah, it's important yeah, so, that everybody has the context of what you're building there. So have you kept so, this so culture? What, what happens in practice is, you know, you're rolling along, you're doing it, you're seeing patients, and then you're kind of deciding that, you know, I physically don't want to adjust much more. So you look for ways to make more money, which is fine. That's an entrepreneur. That's cool. Um, 
and we're, by the way, a cash practice. So we, you know, we're not trying to figure out how to get the most money out of each adjustment because we're not dealing with insurance. So what's easy to do is fad, right? Do you remember like a, a couple years ago, five years ago, everyone was into the gel. It was like something called the gel. I don't know. Oh. All these chiropractors yeah. were selling it. Oh, quickly, that came and went. I don't even remember. Yeah, it came <laughs> I can't tell you how many people approached me. And of course it was multi-level marketing and, you know, whether or not it was a great product doesn't matter. The point was I, I'm the type, I'm going to sit back and watch it for a while. And I, Jen, let let me give everybody context. So on the love, respect, access, high love, the X, Y access, Mm -hmm. the bottom left corner would be low love, low respect. That's a commodity. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't care. It's, it's, beans give me whatever brand it is i don't care it's just a commodity then you have high love low respect and that's a fat and it comes and goes really quick like you know Mm -hmm. i always think back to cabbage patch kids to date myself or parachute (laughs) pants you gotta have them and then two months later you don't care everyone's talking about it you know who's specialized in that when i go through the stores is forever 21 my daughters you know they're cranking out zara they crank out like whatever the fat is yeah Really. Mm-hmm. And then you have high respect, low love, which is a brand. And then the, the, what you really want to strive for is both high love, high respect. That's love mark. So what we're talking about when you say fad is this thing that comes and goes is high love, high respect. I'm sorry, and high love, patient, low respect. And you know a patient who's fad because they might be loud and wonderful. They might walk in and be like, <laughs> I'm here. You guys are amazing. You've helped me. And they're just like loving on you. And it's all about love, but they don't really, they haven't referred. Their family hasn't come in. They get out of pain and they kind of just go away. Right. But then maybe they come back when they're in pain and there's just like high, high excitement, but they don't, they're, they don't stick. You can tell the respect and the understanding is just not they don't there. Get it. They don't get it. They don't, they don't get it. Whereas like, there's a lot, brand is great. Like you'll have patients, you know, that stay with you every other week for 10 years, but they've never referred. They've never been to a workshop. They're, there's not a lot of love there. They respect it. They believe chiropractic. They respect chiropractic. It's part of their life. You can build a great practice on brand, but if your goal is culture and having a place that just it's it feels like a family then love mark is where you have those people who stay they are they're consistent but they also bring in their families and they also that you can feel the love coming from them they feel like they're your family bringing our members innovative resources to help you grow professionally and strengthen your practice is important that is why uac highly recommends our partner in payments fortis Fortis offers cutting edge payment solutions to optimize your practice with the ability to customize and run auto debit and one-time payments, along with many more innovative features like stored card vault, shared card, split payments, and pay links. Fortis serves thousands of chiropractic practices nationwide and is a key tool in the purpose-filled journey to run a successful high volume practice. And even better, they integrate with many leading EHRs for a free rate analysis, email Fortis today at Cairo at FortisPay.com. That's F-O-R-T-I-S-Pay.com. And just mention UAC. But Jen, would you say that built into your culture and or your processes, because you, you have, same with my, my business, you have those people, they come they where they think they get it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, because you have more experience that, they don't really get it. They get it enough for today, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the culture and processes, what have you done that takes those people? Cause 
you got to make great patients, right? And they don't all come, they don't all come on day one great patients. Some, you know, you get yeah. those right. They just get it. They refer their whole you know their whole church, and they refer everybody they know. But there's those people mm-hmm. that it's like four years later they all of a sudden they they get it. What do you do in your in your culture that? Because you're talking about retention, and we all know that that's the person you retain them and they refer. That's the key. What do you do in your culture to, to build those patients? So, from a process standpoint, where you know everyone goes through the process. Um, obviously, there's a new patient report, so there's this opportunity in the very start of care to get the big principle. Only a, a certain percentage it'll really click at that point. Right. At their one month into care, there's another, we call it a, a one month progress check or one SP, short plan progress check, where there's an there's a built-in level of education. So for example, my Texier, and by the way, this is so top down, like if, if your doctors don't really, really get the principle and live it, um, you know, there's a problem. And then if your team members, so our team members being our best patients from a love mark standpoint is critical because I can, I can know that my Texier, her name's Kristen. She is basically functions like a chiropractor without a license. Like if she, if she could adjust, she would be the triple threat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's a Texier who's incredible. She could run my practice. She's that dialed in and that she just, she gets it. Um, and she didn't know anything about chiropractic when I hired her. Right. But she just, it's, she's just got it. Um, she has an educational process in when she meets with that patient in a private room where she has the x-rays up, she asks questions, it's very Socratic, um, where she reminds them of the key points from the original report that was the month prior. And then the table side review that basically happens on the next visit where we're objectively showing them the, the structural changes. There's another planned level of education um, that helps. And then of course, you know, if they do say a, a year long co- program at the six month point at the 11 month point, there's these built in stop points. So that helps, but it's really the day to day, you know, it's so easy to just talk about what's going on. I just, I, I just got a puppy a couple days ago. It would be so easy for me to just tell every patient I got a puppy, <laughs> you know, it's hard not to do that. There's a little bit of that, but the goal is that there's, there's some way to bring something that happens before, during, or after the adjustment back to principal, back to chiropractic. And we're so good at it. The patients now expect it. Like they know they're not talking about the weather. It's like those relationships you have with people that just go deep, like fast, like, you know, you're not going to have a superficial conversation. And, you know, that's why people say, you know, wow, you only see your patients for a few minutes at a time. How do you get to know them? It's because you take that few minutes very seriously. So we have some prompts in the computer that will come up for certain visits to, to help us. But, you know, the doctors all choose a tick of the day, a personal tick of the day that they're going to talk about repetitively. And then we have, you know, boards up in the office and we have scrolling DVDs, you know, things that, that prompt a conversation. We have an article of the week, you know, things like that. But um, it's really just, it's keeping the conversation about the principle, you know, which could be healing takes time. It could be, you know, your body's always working for you, even when it's in pain. Um, it could be a, a touch and tell where they're hurting in one place, but we also educate on neurologically how there's other parts of their body, including organs that can be affected. You know, when we celebrate, we don't, we don't take the credit, we give it back to the fact that their body works well when their nervous system can be regulated to their environment. So that language is just so pervasive in the practice that it's just what we do. 
And interestingly, it doesn't get old. You know, we talk a lot with the team about how the practice is a sanctuary for us. So it doesn't matter what's happening in our life, good or bad. It's like a coat that you take off and you leave at the door. And our job is not just to adjust and care for the pace. Our job is to educate throughout the day. And, you know, sometimes I found I like group tick. So for example, instead of every single patient saying the same thing, we're open adjusting. So every 15 minutes, I'll just stop and be like, hey, everybody, can I tell you something that happened? And I'll do a group um, tick, you know, it takes 30 to 60 seconds. And then I can kind of just be quiet or talk about other things for a little while. But the commitment to that, I feel is what makes say, the difference. Sounds like yep. um, the, the, what, what we've been talking about is being able to scale you, right? Because you came into this rock star, um, you can do it. But being able, I mean, it's just amazing that you can do this. It's not, it's very difficult to do because it takes discipline. Yeah, but like anything, discipline is freedom when it becomes a habit, right? That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's but I think way, it, that's just it, the way your mind that just rolled off your tongue. That's but a, a, lot. a nugget, though. That's yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, it's that, that's a nugget. Yeah. It's inspiration. So it means our huddles that we have before every shift, we talk about tick, right? We give the team something to talk about. So, you know, we're always looking for something. Like, so if somebody has a cool experience at the table, we share that. If somebody's been reading, you know, I, I give my team green books. I give them, you know, right now the whole team is reading Enhance Your Life Experience by Joseph Strauss. So we'll re even read books at Huddle. So we're always looking for material um, because, you know, they want to talk tick too, but if they're not hearing it, if they're not thinking it, they don't know what to say, you know? Um, I also think, Jay, you can't miss when you're doing that group tick. Um, and I'll share a brief story back when we were in WOP days. I think he still practices, but I went and visited Dr. Bruce Wong in Honolulu, Hawaii. And he had, I don't know, eight tables. The place is a thousand week practice. I'd never seen there's 50 people in there. And he stops the whole room. This guy just got off of some medication and he stops the whole room and has the guy take two minutes to share the story. And then they go back to adjusting. And I watched it, that whole room lit up like wildfire because then everybody turned and started talking to each other. And I realized that was the genius of open adjusting that I wasn't capitalizing. And especially today, if everybody's silently sitting on their phone, it's cringy. But when you share those experiences and now people know each other, it's like, you know, Norm from the show Cheers. Everybody, he walks in, the whole bar yells, Norm. Like that's the environment. Now people... They're remembering yeah. how you're making them feel and the experience of being there and knowing people, which I've always admired. You've built that culture brilliantly. So now it's not just silence after you're done talking. Now those people are talking about it with each other. Now they know each other, which is, of course, why I think they keep coming. It's one more component of why they keep coming back. You're not isolating them by themselves in a room. You're creating mm -hmm. this culture and you're energizing it together masterfully. Well, okay, so then, then let's take this one step back, even a bigger picture is it's critical for me, we have three massage therapists, they're in alone in a room for 60 to 90 minutes. So they have a captive audience. So they, I really want them philosophically to be on the same page. So, you know, them being under regular care, us talking with them about, you know, principle. But here's the thing, it's, you know, it could sound really tedious. If you think about it, just teaching chiropractic you know, neurology, it's not that it's the step because it also relates to why someone would get a massage, why someone would get even orthotics or why someone, you know, taking a step back, it's celebrating 
the body's capacity. It's celebrating our being. It's celebrating our structural neurology. It's it's believing again in the human body's capacity to heal and function. That's what we talk about on a greater scale. So we're always just remembering how amazing we are. We're celebrating the body's ability. We're rem- so it's the opposite of fear. And I think that's why people get excited about it, especially the last couple of years was, you know, the, the messages outside the office are the opposite. It's about the body can't function. The body is incapable. The body is dumb. We, we should fear germs. We should fear all of these things and rely on something outside of us. And that doesn't resonate. People don't really feel good in that. Even if they a hundred percent buy into the philosophy, they come in double mass. People don't feel good about that. They feel good when they remember what our body's capable of. So when you're kind of getting excited about about talking about philosophy, that's the place you're coming from, right? Not the tediousness of the T5 nerve root goes to, you know, it's not, it's not really that, right? It's more remembering what the body can do. Another gem there is what you said that stuck with me is your mindset about what you're doing is um, if, if you're thinking about this as another chore I have to do in my practice so that it grows and I'm, you know, whatever, successful or whatever, as opposed to I get to celebrate every day the miracle that is our body um, by telling yes. people about it. Um, and that little shift in people's minds, especially with the doctors, also makes sense why you're able to transfer that to your team and build a, a team of leaders because it's just part of who you are and what you're happy about. And people want to be around other people that are just happy about what they're doing. Not a doctor that owns a practice that wants you to do, to teach the patients, you know, <laughs> because it helps retention. It's, you know, yeah, that's amazing. Jenny, I'm, uh, I think you, I'm sending this out for our, uh, this will be our huddle. Uh, when it comes out, I'll have all our docs kind of, you know, listen to this in five minute segments because just your gems, as always, every time we talk from beginning to end, uh, you know, I, I, it's also just brilliant that we can get help other chiropractors understand it's possible to have this amazing practice that's philosophical, that's profitable, it's making a difference in the community that you feel really great about being a part of. And I, as always, I commend you. We're so honored to have you be part of this group and share your love and your wisdom and uh, we missed you in New Orleans, um, but I can't wait. No, to see I was you. getting a puppy. No, I had to. Wait, can well, I can uh, I share can I share one more gem? Please, of course. Okay, because I thought of this, and I think this is a good way to end. I think this came from Brad Glowacki. I think um, I say this at every group workshop because this is true for everybody. The person, they may have come in because they have something they specifically want. I want to get out of pain. I want my children to stop having earaches, whatever it is. We honor that that is their their first goal. That is why they are here. But isn't it true that what you really want for you or for your child is you want to fully be able to express who you are and how you live your life? You, you What you really want is to feel great. You don't want to just get out of pain. What you want to do is like be the best you can. You want to function well. You want to keep up with the grandkids. You want to feel great. And beyond that, what you really, really, really want is to not only feel great, but to surround yourself with people, family members who think like you think and feel great with you and you're all living the best life you can. That's where we really help people. So if that's what you're really looking for, you're in the right place. 
start the patients from that place and then they're already in the mindset of, of how you're going to talk to them. Genius takes them from a pain to such a bigger vision for their life. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. said, Doc. Yeah. Thank Thanks for so getting me all hyped up. I feel awesome. excited. <laughs> all right. Watch you vibrate higher as you're talking, which is That's right. your greatness. So thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. Have a great day, guys. Be well. Thanks, you too. Bye.